my guys girls and my non-binary pals welcome to another episode of the fantastic book club i'm swastik and the other person who should say i'm Tanisha, is not here well as for why if you did listen to our episode of last saturday you would know that we did record a long episode and i had to cut it into two episodes so here's the part two where i continue with my journey of reading through cinder the first book of the lunar chronicle series by marisa meyer that was the weirdest intro on the internet. Well, enjoy it <laughs> if you can. So we move on to chapter 12. And this is the, again, uh, I mean, it's probably the first point where we like leave sender and we enter into the perspective of Kai, I guess, along the story, I guess. Um, yeah. Basically, the scene shifts to the palace and it's the scene is like, uh, there's this glass room and inside there, uh, there's a bed and on the bed is laying the emperor, the emperor Rikan, who is basically the emperor of the entire Eastern Commonwealth. And outside the room, there stands Prince Kai and Kontorin, who is the royal advisor. And they are basically observing the emperor from the other side of the glass wall. And like, I mean, kind of taking care of them and seeing, watching the medroids attending him. I mean, it's a really depressing and sad scene, but yeah, like that's yeah. happening. Uh, I mean, because if they if they go close, they, that is the same thing you know happened to Chang Sasha and Sunto in the beginning of the story. Uh, yeah. Like he is watching his father probably die, most probably die. He cannot you know go and comfort him or things like that. Even if he's the prince and his father is the emperor, there is no exceptions in case of disease. I mean, that's again, that's like I mean. I don't even have to draw the parallel. That's exactly what happened uh, in case of COVID, right? Like, it's literally the same thing. Um, mm. Like, literally, <laughs> the rich, poor, everyone was treated the same way. And, I mean, obviously, the rich people had their own advantages. But from the point of view of life and death and stuff, yeah. The same thing happens here. Like, Prince Kai has the advantage of at least... Uh, watching his father or like feeling the presence of his father when he's in quarantine but while the entire eastern commonwealth notices that like has to witness their loved ones relatives and maybe even their parents like oh my god uh like being taken away to these quarantine centers where they know they're destined uh. to die that they're just waiting as the like organi- organization or government, I don't know, whatever, they are basically sending these comms to these people, like your loved one has entered stage three, stage four, and now they're dead. Like, that's just sad, but that's what's happening. Ah. So, they're like oh, watching the emperor, and this is when Torin brings up the subject of Kai becoming the emperor. Because, I mean, it's very obvious that I mean, the way Marissa paints the clear picture that the emperor is on the verge of death 
and like he's like so frail and fragile that i mean it's quite clear that he's going to die i was like i was feeling sorry i mean you know you reach a point when you feel like maybe death is better than suffering this i mean yeah death is better than suffering the suffering for the people who are going to go away you know like uh, let me just share a very small incident one time when i was much younger i saw this particular you know uh, there is a particular kind of carriage in uh, you know in bengal that is called uh, shorgorath and uh, when a person dies uh, the person is uh, taken uh, to the cremation center uh, to be cremated uh, you know that is basically our version of graveyard so uh, they are taken in that and uh, one particular day when i was much younger like i was walking on the road with my mother and i saw this particular uh, you know shargorath go and uh, there were a lot of people who were kind of uh, i don't know singing a happy song on that and i was like ma huh? they are being very insensitive see they are being very insensitive and uh, she said that uh, maybe you don't know but a lot of time a lot of people suffer so much that when they are going a lot of people you know uh, want their last journey to be a happy one and so there oh. are times when they actually sing happy songs so that that is like a happy goodbye and i was like oh my god like i i was much younger then and i was like oh, oh, oh. my god like ah uh, like uh, i don't know oh my god ah you see things like these make me so proud of my culture like i swear yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. i mean i that is I, so sad i mean yeah it's sad but uh, it's so touching anyways so uh while this is going on dorin basically uh, brings up the subject of kai becoming um, emperor and kai is like no i'm not the emperor i'm the prince he is the emperor i he's feel 18. like a tetspar yeah he, he is 18 oh ah. so. this is just such such a downhill thing yeah. this is going oh. downhill so he is a uh, like marisa expresses her words in form of words of kai and he is like gave him a particular urge to be unruly and i just wrote this in my notes like you are 18 for goodness sake you don't have to figure out your life like it's 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 not written you just uh, you still a teenager oh. and he is a prince and he has to become an emperor like literal tutankhamen just the fact that tutankhamen died at 19 but become an emperor ah uh, uh. torin is literally like to a father that kai has and over the course of the book during uh, okay so we already know that uh, kai has got a thing for cinder and if you still don't know it you're living under a rock you know <laughs> so you uh, okay. uh yeah so he has got a thing going for cinder and uh, every now and then he's like cinder 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 the way teen boys act when they find you know a crush or something uh-huh. so he's like cinder, obsessed cinder, cinder. they get obsessed yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so uh, okay, Torin is like Torin sees it so many times that stop acting like a lovesick teen, and uh, the sad irony is he is a teen, and uh, okay, this just is something I wanted to mention that he uh. sees it so many times. Stop acting like a lovesick teen, and he's a teen. <laughs> he is a teen. You cannot uh. change biology. 
of a person. Exactly. That's the thing. Uh, as we again, we mentioned this before. We are going to mention it again, probably. The fact that YA novels and specifically, fan- I mean, not even specifically fantasy novels, but any novel in general with uh, a YA characters, they usually have this, like when they have, they are always like, I mean, the teenagers are accomplishing so much while like, I mean, that's just not, that's totally unreal. And yeah, it, it's wrong. Anyway. Honestly, they save the world and shit and I can't even like, get my life in order. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so basically, uh, Kai and Torin um, move away from that, uh, in front of that room and they, because they cannot stay in the same place for the entire day. They're the prince and the royal advisor for goodness sake so they they reach the elevator and when they <laughs> do so they meet this specific person whom i hate very much might i just add here so this person's name is sybil 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 i guess sybil mira sybil mira mira it's yeah like, I don't even know what kind of a name this is. Like, Sybil is kind of a cool name, but Mira is kind of like, I don't know, it it screams witch. Yeah, it does. Uh, so. uh, okay, just, uh, did I tell you which fairy tales the four books are based on? No, you didn't. But I guess I can uh, assume those because from yeah, the like, yeah. okay, okay. Uh, cover stories. Do your guesswork? Do your guesswork? I, I would guess this is Cinderella from this one. Yeah. And I got to watch those books. Wait. Uh, Scarlet? Scarlet. No, I have to watch the... Um, Wait, Scarlet. Cover, cover. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I can watch the covers, but at the same time, the Scarlet screams Red Riding Hood. Yeah, you're correct. Then the third one. Cress. Cress, Cress. I don't even know the meaning of Cress, but I remember the Cress has a long ass uh, braids. So it's definitely Rapunzel. Yeah. And the last one. So, but who is Winter? Winter, winter, winter. I. Winter seems like winter chill, snow, snow white. Does that one have, does that have an apple on the cover? Is that the one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's snow white. Yeah. I'm clever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You you nailed that. And uh, okay, so um, uh, Sybil Mira is the equivalent of Mother Gotham. She is the Mother Gotham. And so, yeah, you did. Another immaculate guest book. She is like a witch. Who the hell is Mother Gothel? She is Rapunzel's foster mom. You know, the one that kidnapped her. That's her. Oh, her name that is Gothel? Wow, that's cruelty in yeah. naming the character. So that was, oh, okay. Uh, when I watched Tangle, Tangled, <laughs> I even mispronounced the name. Uh, when I watched Tangled, I wasn't really paying much attention to the movie as much as I was paying attention to Flynn Raider. But, um, yeah. Anyways. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, anyways. So, oh, my God. Yeah, so. Flynn I was like I, my first crush when I, I was a baby then. 
I feel like (laughs) I feel like Eugene was the like uh, only Disney prince who didn't look like I don't know um, like bulky and like some kind of uh, dark in kind of way like you see this um, who is that guy I don't even remember from Frozen like that guy who is Chris Christopher stuff i guess yeah so he he like he looks dorky he looks dorky then like comes uh i mean literally every other disney prince is dorky but other than eugene like flynn raider he was the uh, no you know the, you know the prince in uh pocahontas it he wasn't dark i forgot his name but he wasn't dark okay and I... also from you know tarzan tarzan he wasn't dark Beauty and the Beast. He was in Dark. There were a lot of things. Okay, man. so I haven't seen these films. I yeah. So no. Also, I haven't seen Aladdin, <laughs> but I know Aladdin's character. And yeah. oh my god, yeah. He's he not. He is either. definitely not dark. <laughs> he is probably the only Disney prince who is kind of more important than the princess. That is the only time Disney did that. Like the only yeah, time. Yeah, that's an interesting observation. Yeah. Aladdin and Jasmine. Yeah, both. None of them are dorky. Both of them are like, have crush potentials. Anyways, uh, back to the story, <laughs> which is Cinder. So basically, they meet uh, this person named Sybil Mira. And she is, and I quote, the head thaumaturge of the lunar crown. I hate when people use large ass words. I mean, I had to literally Google it. Like, I didn't know the, what the hell thaumaturge. Uh, th- I don't even think I am pronouncing it correctly. Magician. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I came to know about that after I Googled. But yeah, it basically means I, magician. Me too, me too. No, I don't think people <laughs> just generally know terms like this. Oh, yeah. So she's the head thaumaturge of the lunar crown, which like... On the right of the bat, I should include that the fact that, I mean, it's, I don't even know, like the East, the whole uh, cyborg thing, it almost seems so like parallel to the real world. I didn't even feel like it was a fantasy world. But the fact when you mention witches and like the the witches having an official position in a royal court, like that oh oh, oh. she yeah. is she is not a witch she is not a witch i basically by calling her a witch i meant mother gothel was a witch she is not a witch okay like uh, okay out here even though the term means you know the thaumaturge term means a uh, magician out in the lunar society it is basically okay okay it is basically like ministers you know oh like the head thaumaturge would be like a prime minister the others would be okay okay because Who's all like the that? because all the lunars kind of have this like pseudo magic kind of thing so yeah it's yeah exactly i think i just should include this i have a habit and a very bad habit of mentioning things uh by pseudo adding the prefix pseudo while i should add the prefix semi like it's yeah i've seen while editing the past episodes so that's like a fault in my but anyways, moving past that. Ah, that, that is it. A- I think I should like uh, just give a small description about her because like I feel like it's kind of important for people to paint the character. So I'm going to do that. So she is described as exceptionally beautiful, 
with waist-length black hair and warm, honeyed skin. She wore the uniform befitting her rank and title, a long white coat with a high collar and bell-shaped sleeves, embroidered along the hem- hems with runes and hieroglyphs that meant nothing to Kai. I just love the ending. Oh, I mean... um. Yeah, the runes and hieroglyphs that mean nothing to guy. Yeah, that's uh, okay. So, Sybil and behind her stands her like ever present this guard who is kind of this creepy guy who is, I guess he's bulky and I imagine him as like it's expressed that he's as handsome as Sybil, which and again, which is, like, I mean, are they brother? Uh, are they like siblings and stuff? I just had this doubt. I I don't want to comment. I I don't want to comment. Okay, so as like a Kai and Torin approached, I mean this I like this line. Sybil's lips curved as Kai and Torin approached, but her gray eyes remained cold. I don't know. It screams lunar to me. Like it just screams lunar. I mean, um, I can't explain exactly why, but it just it does. It does. Yeah. So basically, this Sybil person yeah. is like she is like this fake sweet kind of. I mean, I almost can draw this parallel to this uh, professor Professor Umbridge. I mean, like, she's like this sugary sweet person, but like, I mean, obviously, deathly, poisonous, toxic, and the worst person in the book series, if after Voldemort, probably, and Bellatrix, but whatever. Like, I, okay, <laughs> I'm getting excited. But yeah, I, I do hate Sybil. Like, the way she is so sugary in the outer side. And I mean, it's clearly expressed that she is just here for her own reasons and the reasons of Luna and she has literally no compassion or like sympathy towards the king and the prince or any person living on earth like yeah the upcoming story just explains that so basically they uh, get into this elevator and we learn that Emperor Rikan and Queen Livana were supposed to come to some sort of agreement when he fell ill and that while he is still ill, Sybil is here trying to manipulate Kai into agreeing to those terms that probably um, Livana presented. And Kai doesn't. So we love Kai. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, there's a uh, very definite way of uh, Kai saying no to these because like he says, uh, as long as a father is ill, I don't think I'm going to change any decision that he took. And Sybil says, you're young. And the guy basically dipped his, it's it's literally mentioned, like he dipped his head, pretending she had given him a compliment. I mean, like, I literally wrote this in my notes. Ah, he's such a low-key. We love him even more. Like, this is, oh my God, this act, it just, again, this just screams low-key to me. Like, in the series, the Marvel series, the Marvel (laughs) television series, um, Tanisha, you again, you haven't seen Loki, right? I had started, but then I don't know what happened. I, 
just didn't continue. I don't continue with half the things. Like I would watch 10 minutes of something and then I would I would be like like why isn't the world changing already? And I would just move on. <laughs> okay. I do that so so i did watch loki obviously and i mean also another thing i mentioned in probably i don't even remember which episode i mentioned like loki series was uh this ended few weeks ago it was literally two months ago so it was months ago and not weeks ago but anyways moving on from the fact like loki in the uh movies or at least i would say the preliminary avengers movies like in the first one where loki was the person who op- opened this portal from the outer space to earth and these alien things came into earth and destroyed the whole um, american city what was was that nyc or something i don't remember but yeah basically uh, the alien robots were destroying the whole city and loki was responsible for that well from that till the loki series marvel has done like this amazing job of transforming loki from a uh, like this full on cruel villain to this uh, i mean i mean this soft um tries to be charismatic and tries to present himself as this super witty person but is very hurt and um broken inside kind of character which i just love marvel for that i mean yeah i needed that series so much like we all loved loki anyways by the term by by, by the yeah. time uh, the thor ragnarok came up but yeah also i mean the fact that in the uh, infinity was like loki got anyways so yeah moving on from loki my loki obsession is really getting me um so yeah so they leave the elevator when the elevator stops and sibyl apparently has not been able to you know uh, affect prince kai even trying to manipulate her which kai definitely like just stopped looking at her and moved his eyes away from hers and that was the way he prevented her from manipulating his brain but when like kai leaves the elevator like she says she says oh this is this is what again screams umbridge to me like she literally says in this sugared voice long live the emperor and the doors shut and oh my god oh, oh. this is such a low blow like yeah. uh, even the cruelest person wouldn't do somebody that somebody is dying and mocking somebody's you know upcoming death is i don't know worse than stabbing me i mean yeah and 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 like to their closest one like rekan literally does not have any other relative close relative like probably his wife is dead already isn't it yeah i think so because she was never mentioned so she so, has to be dead i think yeah or, or maybe some other reason but um yeah so uh kai literally has only one parent and that is rekan and he is dying and you are okay this cruel I was going to use a cuss word I'm not. Yeah, but I I, th- I yeah, I think she's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she's dead. Yeah, she I, because there was this entire, you know, uh, there was a point where he was kind of fidgeting with his mom's crown and she was like saying that when she was alive there were a lot of memories related to it. Ah, oh, okay. I'm excited even more. <laughs> okay. 
So they basically like moved towards Dr. Erland's lab and Torin asks Kai to have a plan in case. Like uh because they he basically denied uh for sitting in a meeting with Livana, right? Because he was like, No, yeah. my father's gonna take care of that and I'm not interfering in his matters. But Torin is like, you should have a plan in case, which is obviously very logical. But Kai asserts he's not marrying Livana, obviously. To which I was like, what? I mean, this is actually happening. Like, Peony, I remember Peonik saying that uh, Livana is going to marry Kai. And as you mentioned in an episode earlier that, like, Livana had a daughter, stepdaughter or daughter, I don't remember exactly, who was literally 17 years of age. And she is going to marry Kai. She wants to marry Kai, who is 18 years of age. Like, Oh my, okay. And, and, and that's not even like... This is creepy. <gasps> this is... <laughs> I, I swear, I mean, it's not it creepy. If, so creepy. I mean, okay, listen. I feel like uh, just because there's a great age difference. I mean, yeah, many people are like, uh, it's grooming. And it's true for most cases, maybe. But for some cases, maybe there's a romantic relationship building between two people even if it's across generations maybe it can happen for some people and maybe it's the truest bond and i don't judge people for that just because of their age okay, difference okay, okay, okay listen to but, me it, it, it is it is not about that but uh, arranging you know because out here Lavina is literally i don't know manipulating a young teenage kid who is just who has just turned above you know the age mark to marry her who is a grown adult whose daughter uh, is like more suitable to marry the guy just think about manipulating a kid into marrying i don't tell you uh, imagine this is just messed up this is this exactly is grooming uh, but yeah so also the fact that kai like kai doesn't even he's not um oh, he literally has his whole life in front of him and Livana, he she knows her position and her the way people fear her and her life and I'm not even trying to incorporate human humanity into her but like yeah it's even for monsters it's creepy <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, Kai asserts that he is not going to marry Livana obviously I mean duh but suggests. The Princess Celine might be a ray of hope. As in, like, he thinks that if not Livana, maybe Celine. To which, obviously, I mean, <laughs> Torin refuses to believe that this theory is ever going to work out. Because, I mean, every person on earth is like, it's not happening. Celine is dead. She was, she caught fire in her cot and so many years ago, like three years of age and stuff. And for me, I'm like, this story is building. Maybe Cinder is Celine. Maybe Kai is going to marry Cinder. So he's marrying Celine. And finally, Cinder is going to throw Livana's throne away. Throw Livana's throne away. That's English. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, throw Livana away. That so, is also wrong English. What am I saying? <laughs> throw Livana off the throne. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's better. That's yeah. Better. <laughs> Finally, we learned English. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, the th- uh, it's theory is not going to work out, says uh, 
Torin, which to which Kai obviously is like, I mean, okay, they, I should like incorporate an interesting fact here. Like it's uh, when Kai proposes that maybe not uh, Livana, maybe some other royal person. To which Torin is like, who? Queen Shannery? Like her sister? Which we previously know that Shannery is dead. But like uh, she, uh, he literally, like Torin says that Queen Shannery, who is Celine's mom, had chopped off her favorite seamstress's feet to make her d- make dresses all day long. Yay! She's so nice. Wow. I mean, are all the lunars crazy? Know, when I, yeah, when I read this line for the first time, I was like, "Oh my God! This is such a Shah Jahan thing. This is such a Shah oh, Jahan thing." You know? Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's that's this that's exactly, oh, that's so realistic. Exactly. Like it. It is. Dicto- I don't know. Like I thought. For a second, that maybe uh, you know, Mar- Marisha read about our own history and found inspiration yeah. from that because that is so similar. Oh my god! I I almost had forgot about that, Tanisha. Thanks for reminding me. So I, I think I should clear this out. If any person, I mean, whether a person is Indian or not, maybe someone doesn't know. So I think I should just clear this out. Shah Jahan is the person yeah. who. Had built like who in whose while during his rule basically uh the Taj Mahal which the whole world knows India is famous for Taj Mahal so I'm not going to describe it thing uh but yeah it is one of the seven wonders so people should know about it I guess I really think like seven wonders concept is so old like this literally more yeah than but 20, uh, it is still now. called it is still called so. I guess. So, yeah. So, India is famous for Taj Mahal and people know that. So, Ta- Shah Jahan was the person who had built the Taj Mahal. Uh, Shah Jahan was obviously in love with Mumtaz, right? And he built this whole tombstone for her. But this is the cruelest part of history, right? Uh, okay. Just like uh, all the people who used to like construct these uh, pyramids in ancient Egypt, the architects, they would be like killed at the end of the whole building the pyramid thing. The same thing Shah Jahan did with his like architects as well as the, I guess, the people who built uh, Taj Mahal too, right, Tanisha? Yeah, all, also also the, also the uh, workers, also the laborers. Ah, I mean, thousands, if not millions of people were like literally killed for the sake of like I don't even know they're why they're skilled I guess you know their 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 hands were amputated and oh my oh god oh my god that's even that's their ha- yeah oh. their that their hands were amputated that is how the saying goes oh ouch that okay so yeah yeah now you know why we were so connecting with Queen Shannery by this time but yeah so so basically, Kai is like, no, you're not playing fair with me. I'm going to go. And he basically storms out with this happy thought of the whole Earthen Union fighting and losing against Luna. Moving on to chapter 13. And now the scene changes again. The POV? Yeah. It's the POV of Cinder. Now, 
Dr. Erland is just so fascinated by Sender's anatomy that he's literally this whole chapter, he is just pointing out things to Sender that about herself that she doesn't even know. And sometimes things that she knows, but anyways, so basically he says that she has, (laughs) I just find this so funny. Okay. Um, she has this her entire reproductive system untouched, so she is not infertile, and and he mentions mentions this in such a nonchalant way that like most okay, I still remember that. Oh yeah, I mean like he basically yeah. says most of the female cyborgs are left infertile because of the uh, cyborg procedures that have been done to them and. He mentions that she is kind of lucky. And Cinder is just like the sassy sarcasm. She is like, lucky me. <laughs> I mean, she also, she just uh, says this line, which I find it so funny. Like, I'm sure I'll feel much more grateful when I find a guy who thinks complex wiring in a girl is a turn on. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, this is so, but this is yeah. so, you know, intellectual too. I mean, yeah, you have to have a like um, cyber level brain for having that. Oh, wait, she does. He also mentions that of any tear ducts. And again, Cinder comes up with this beautiful line like, what really? I thought... And I thought I was just emotionally withdrawn. I mean, like, uh, the Gen Z humor here. Like, it's, like, really deprecating. And it's, like, I mean, it's not deprecating, but it's, like, kind of gloomy. It definitely, when you get the humor, you are, like, oh, her life is so sad. But this, it's just humor. Yeah. So, uh, he just goes on pointing out stuff to her. He, like, points out her control panel, reproductive system. He, that she has no tear ducts and also Cinder does mention that she's incapable of blushing which kind of like does surprise Dr. Erland like why can't you blush and Cinder is like because my system has this like, uh, control over my body temperature so that I don't overheat uh, like whenever I start feeling heated my body just starts to cool down and then again another funny sentence as if just sweating like a normal human being wasn't just enough and i can relate to her so much in this way ah i mean i i sweat like a pig i sweat way too much like i hate that about myself and i'm so sorry for you cinder try yeah. clothes. yeah that happens happens to the best of us happens to me too ready i mean you live in India, you would get the sweats. I mean, it's inevitable. Yeah, especially in summer. Oh. And especially if you live in a coastal uh, side of India, you know, like the extended coastal side, you know, like we are not in the, living in the coasts, but we are along the periphery. We are not very far from the coast. Yeah, so uh, like we get the live, moisture in the uh, yeah. air. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We get the humid air. Uh hate that for us <laughs> anyways uh so cinder sometimes like she oh my god this this even this part like her heart has even been tampered with and like though it's like has been done very beautifully and it's almost like as natural as the operations can be like she 
send a like puts a, heart, a hand on her chest and like just feels what like this is line what hadn't been tampered with i feel so sorry for her like oh my god yeah her heart her brain like every oh every internal organ internal as in the most i mean the things that critical organs critical organs exactly the critical organs of your body that has been tampered with like science and scientists have been through that they literally like touched that changed that and ah uh, the feeling of not having the uh, having given the consent to being altered that yeah that's very depressing but while the doctor does that sinder like notices something unusual in her vertebral column which dr erlan says he doesn't understand and i noted in my notes as or so he says <laughs> and he suggests that it might be just a glitch i mean like how do you tell a person that you have a glitch on your body like that's just oh, that, okay i mean it's almost saying a uh, no human being like you don't have this body organ or like this organ is never going to work properly like other people like it's it's really weird like it's not even like inhuman something but it's really weird for in in the part of the doctor but yeah so while this is going on sender asks the doc- doctor a question basically whether she could have actually passed on the microbe to peony or not like because this i i obviously like this was a question at the back of her mind whether she was the reason peony was sick she obviously knew she wasn't like she knew that she wasn't immune she was immune but at the same time she couldn't link anything why mm-hmm. peony would get the disease so and at one point she even felt like she was a carrier uh, who has like transferred the disease from probably chang sasha to uh, peony but and she felt guilt for that but yeah she just wanted to clear it up i guess and the doctor just kind of gives a vague answer like maybe like it's like she basically asked that if that possible how long do the microbes last on the clothes and it, the doctor says it's probably like uh, an hour or two and basically it's not really um, and after that it's not in the active state so uh, it cannot affect but peony uh, and uh, sender kind of calculates and tries to think if she had been in contact with peony within one or two hours um, from leaving the booth in the marketplace to reaching her home which according to her calculations she does so basically fearing the worst she asks him to hurry when he says he's got to try something on her which by the way i should mention sounds hella creepy like ah uh. so <laughs> the doctor well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dr erland yeah, does <laughs> when dr erland asks her about her neck cinder doesn't say this but i mean it's mentioned in the books that she apparently feels the most pain in her neck region whenever it's in her dreams and i don't know exactly like i can't pinpoint this exactly with my um theory i guess i mean i mean maybe it's like when maybe there was a severe injury in her neck region or maybe there was something like 
I mean, maybe it's gonna come up in the later storyline or something. But like, I don't know how if it is connected with the past. Like going through my, like still going with my theory that Cinder is Celine. Like maybe when uh, Celine crash landed and there was maybe there was some coal pressed into her skin or something like it burned. And I don't want to describe that, but. Yeah, maybe there was some uh, severe damage done to her neck or something. I don't even know. Like at one point when I, they, I won't agree, agree or disagree, but uh, I guess you already know what happened. You just can't point it out yet, but you're gonna point it out soon. Like, you're oh. gonna understand. Interesting. Uh, so uh, I mean. At one point, I was like, uh, when, okay, this is kind of funny, but uh, yeah, when the people were finding this chip thing in her spinal cord or like vertebral column, right? Uh, not spinal cord, vertebral column, the chip connected to her spinal cord through neuro neurons. And anyways, so uh, this, I thought they mistook the coal, a piece of burning coal for a chip. And I was like, maybe it's still burning inside her body. Maybe there's no blood in that area. Maybe it's burning for ages. And that's why it pains when she's dreaming or something. But I guess it's not that. It's yeah. just too ab- abstract. <laughs> no, why would, why would anything burn for, for so such a long time? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I was just coming up with reasons of myself. But yeah. So here's the interesting no, thing that but yeah, you you just touched the entire point and just moved on. Okay, whatever. You will understand later. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> no, okay. Anyways, I'm gonna discover later on. Sure. So moving on with the story. So as soon as uh, like he asks her these questions and she's like, Okay, you can try something on me, which again sounds creepy. I mean, he touches her vertebra and just above her shoulders. And right when he does that, she literally like cries out loud and falls off the table in pain. And I mean, like, we have a history of ending our episodes in cliffhangers. This is the cliffhanger that we choose for this episode. And this is where this episode ends. Tune in in the next episode to discover what happens to Cinder and maybe... He might be in the arms of Prince Kai. Ooh. Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Such a weird atmosphere. I mean, um, we do have a history of. Okay, okay, okay. Don't listen to him. Just just come back, okay? Just come back. Yeah. So, also, if you. Yeah. If you do miss us, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We will put the link in the description right here. And I guess that's for this episode. Love you and love yourselves. Bye. See you in